Thank you for joining us for the Way Lithia Weekly Podcast. We hope that this message will help you to see your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. Appreciate everybody being here. Um, just, I, I really appreciate any time I get a chance to speak because it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's a responsibility that I don't take lightly. But I wanted to talk a little bit this morning about counting the cost. Because we know that there are costs that come with following Christ. There's a cost that comes with our relationship, with any relationship. And we see it mirrored in our relationships with others. We see it really, anything that's of value costs us something, doesn't it? Whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's money, anything worthwhile. And the first thing that I usually think about whenever I think about counting the cost is Luke 14, where it, that's where the phrase comes from. It says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And we know that, first off, I want to build a tower in my backyard. I don't know. It just sounds like fun. But if you're sitting there with a half-finished tower in your yard, everybody's looking at it because you've made something that's visible, that's out there, that says, I have something of worth, and yet it's halfway done. And everybody's looking at you going, he started it, but he couldn't finish it. We know those things have a price whether it's our time, whether it's our energy, whether it's our treasure. And if we don't take the time to sit down and say, you know what, this is going to cost us something. It's going to take something from us. There's something that is required of us in order to complete this, then we have failed to do our duty. We have failed to account for what we are going to do, and we become a laughingstock, don't we? I know I'm one of those people that will easily start a project and say, okay, look, I can do this. Well, this will only take a couple of hours. This will only take a few weeks. You know, I'll do it on Saturday for a couple of weeks and it'll be fine. And three months later, I'm still in the middle of it going, I really should have thought this through a little better. Any of y'all like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done it a lot. Either I didn't figure out, okay, I don't really have enough money to start this project or I don't have enough time, which is usually the case, or I have no idea what I'm doing which also happens a lot. And we do ourselves and we do other people a disservice whenever we fail to count that cost. Because if we're sitting there trying to say, hey, look, I'm going to start something. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to do something for you. And about two weeks in, you're like, you know what? I forgot about this other thing I have and I am gone. Somebody else is sitting there going, I counted on you. You told me you could handle this. When we talk about our relationship with God, have we decided that we are going to follow him no matter what that cost is? Are we going to follow him when times get tough? When something's required of us? When somebody says, hey, I need you to you know, help out on a Sunday morning with this. You go, you know what? I think it's time for me to find another church. I don't want to be tied down. Things are tough. I don't have enough time. Or do we say, you know what? God has required something of me, and I want to be able to contribute to this body. 
I want to be able to contribute to the, what God is trying to do. Because without us doing it, we, God cannot complete his kingdom because he requires us to do the work, right? It's our responsibility. Our, it's required of us. We do others a disservice whenever we don't count that cost. Because when we sit there and we try to tell somebody, you know what, hey, you can follow God and it's all puppies and rainbows and butterflies and everything's going to be fine. You're never going to have any problems. God is great and he's your provider. You know, all of these things are great. You won't have any problems. It's perfect when you're a Christian. But you know, that's not true. That There are going to be things that are required of you. There are going to be times when you say, you know, I don't really want to go do this thing. I don't want to really go. I really don't want to go help this person out. But you know what? I committed to that. I said, you know what? Whatever it costs me, whatever it takes for me, if it means that I'm up here every Saturday, every Sunday, every Monday. I remember as a teenager, there were times I was at church six days a week. And it was only because they didn't have anything going on that seventh day that I wasn't there. But there was a cost. It was my time, and at that point, I had lots of it. What do you have that God can use? What do you have that God will provide you with, that God has provided you with so that you can bless others and that so you can be able to change the world around you? You see, what happens whenever our faith, we don't fail to count that cost, that faith begins to die out because it was never rooted deeply. You know it's easy to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to do that. But when that time comes and somebody says, you know what, I really need to be there, you're not there. It's easier to say, you know what, I, I'd much rather sleep in than wake up early on a Saturday to go do this event. It's a lot easier to say, and that's the reason why you started seeing these places where they'll actually say, you know what, you have to pay five bucks to get a ticket. Because they want, you, they want to know, they don't care if you pay it a lot of times a lot of these events that are going on, but they want to know that you have put the money down to say, I'm going to be there, and that is your commitment to be there. And if you've, and if you've ever noticed that, if you've ever put something into it, you said, you know what, I'm going to bring something. Well, now I have to be there. I put some money into it. I bought that ticket. I'm going to be there. If somebody gives you that ticket, even though it costs them hundreds and hundreds of dollars, I don't really need to be there. It didn't cost me anything, did it? I had an opportunity one time. We had a uh, customer that gave us tickets to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I was thrilled. I was like, this is really cool. So we got six tickets for free, absolutely. This is yours. And it took two weeks of me trying to call people and say, hey, you have to be here. If you can't tell me 100%, you will be here. These are ground floor tickets right in front. I can't guarantee that I'll be there. I'm like, if you can't guarantee it, I can't take you. Because this lady told me, if I don't, do, don't get, fill those seats, she will know and she will not ever give me tickets again. Because they weren't, for some people, that wasn't a value because they didn't see the cost. They didn't see what she saw in those tickets. She saw the blood, the sweat, and the tears that her husband used to pour into that. But for a lot of people, and she said, this happens all the time. I'll give somebody a ticket and they'll say, oh yeah, I'll be there, and then they don't show up. She knows the cost, but we don't. We don't always see that. But when we don't, when our faith isn't rooted deeply, it becomes like that seed that was planted. And so you have the seed that's planted in the good soil. You see this plant, the seed that's planted by the rock on the 
road and you have the seed planted in the rocky soil. And the seed in the rocky soil sprouts up. Mark 4.16 says, These are the ones that are sown on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. How many of us, once it begins to cost us something, we give it up? When it begins to cost us, begins to take something out of us, say, you know what, I'm good. There's a price to pay. You see, somebody like Joseph who said, I'm going to follow God. And God had a calling on his life, but Joseph also had some things he had to deal with, didn't he? He would sit there and he would tell his brothers and his family, oh, hey, y'all are going to bow down to me one day. And some of that was his own doing, where he was sitting there almost taunting his brothers. His dad even said, hey, knock it off. You don't need to share all of that. That's not all that important. If you know it, that's great, but this is your responsibility. And yet, it caused his brothers to hate him. He was sold into slavery. As through he was sold into slavery, he was still faithful. He did what he was told. He followed God. Even though that cost was high, even though whatever he was going through, it actually cost him his freedom. He could not make his own decisions. He couldn't decide what he wanted to do. And yet here he is still faithful to God, faithful to his master. The whole while he's able to, he succeeds. He's able to be promoted. He's elevated. And then he's falsely accused, cast into prison and forgotten. And you have a man who's still faithful through that. He's still able to, he's still talking to God. And when Pharaoh calls on him, he doesn't know the hour. He doesn't know the day. He doesn't know when that's going to happen. But one day he says, hey, clean up. You're coming to see Pharaoh. And have you been prepared? Because he was able, he was willing to pay the price. He was willing to be faithful, even while things were tough. Even while he's sitting in a prison cell, being completely forgotten about. And then he's called in front of Pharaoh and is able to, completely changed the course of the country, saved his family, and all because he was faithful. He was willing to pay the price. And just like that seed, it has to be, it has to fall away. It has to be broken off of the branch. And you have to die. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to your own desires. You have to die to the things that you want and need and say, you know what? I'm going to put a, a premium on what God has called me to do. I'm going to put a premium on the things that I need to be doing. And that seed will die and it will go be buried in the ground and only by its death to itself and to whatever was going on around it, only, to, only in that death will you then see life come forth and will come forth abundantly. It will come forth when you see, start to see seeds reproducing and reproducing a thousandfold, ten thousandfold. That's how, that's what you have to do. You have to be willing to pay the price, die to yourself so that God can live in you. Christ is our example in that. He knew that there was going to be a price. He knew that he was going to have to pay something. Luke 17, 22 he said to his disciples, the days are coming when you desire to see the one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And we jump down a couple of verses to 
25, and he says, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by his generation. Jesus knew there was a price to be paid. Jesus knew that people were longing to see him, but he also knew that in order for that to come about, he had to give something up. He gave up his very life for us. He gave it up so that we would know him, that his kingdom could be brought about, because only through his death, and just like Jesus, only through our death to ourselves, can we find the, the totality, the fulfillment of that kingdom. And God will use those things that the enemy meant for, went, meant for evil. You see what Joseph went through. He used that for good. All of those things. He wouldn't have been in Egypt. He wouldn't have been in Pharaoh's household or in Pharaoh's capacity to be able to call up on a moment's notice if he wasn't sitting in that jail waiting for him. You see, Jesus, when he died on that cross, the enemy meant that to be the end. That was a symbol of torture. That was a symbol of pain, of suffering, that would literally take days for somebody standing up there being mocked to die. And now it's a symbol that we wear around our necks, we put it out in front of our buildings, because God has changed that. Something that the enemy meant for evil is now used for good. It is now a symbol of the hope that we have. Even though what we're going to go through may cost us something, even though it may take our very lives, we're able to take those things and be able to use them for God's glory. We're starting to see, there's a couple places up in Canada here recently where they actually started to raid the churches. They were shutting churches down because they wanted to meet. They were putting people in prison. You've got a couple of pastors who are actually put in a maximum security jail as they're releasing people because they don't want people to get sick because of COVID. They're putting these pastors in a maximum security prison in order to punish them for daring to meet together. They were told, we're actually going to put you in prison because you incited an assembly. And yet you have these pastors who, the enemy uses that for evil. Says, I'm going to punish these Christians who want to get together. But God will take that, and now there are thousands of people getting together out in front of that church because of the message that God has put in this guy who said, you know what, I'm not going to bow down to the state. I'm not going to bow down to what everyone else expects of me. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. When you force that church underground, and that's one of the things you see in places like China and Iran and places where the church is under persecution, is it brings those people together. It brings the church and how they know that if I come to church, I see you, and I know that I, my life is in your hands. That if you were to turn me over, I'd be done. I have no excuse. I have nowhere to hide. They trust each other because they have to. Because they know that there's a price. And even though there's a price, they're still willing to follow God. They know that what they, even the act of meeting together may cost them their lives. But yet, they still do it. I remember as a teenager, it was middle school, I remember standing up at one point and praying in our courtyard area where everybody gathered before school. I'd just stand there and just pray. I remember being spit on, had things thrown at, 
bumped into, called names. I had a principal who had even come up a couple times and said, hey, wouldn't you be more comfortable over here away from everybody else? Or you're not going to be subject to all of this? I said, probably, but I feel like I'm supposed to be here. And I was trying to remember why it was that I started doing that. I only did it a few times, but I started to think back. This was right after Columbine. And there were a couple of girls. There's about two or three of them, depending on whose account you're listening to. And the people who came in there, the first one that they killed, they walked up to her and they asked her, do you believe in God? And I remember that moment because that was the moment they started, people started asking, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Because you have these kids who had no, they had a God complex. They really said, I should be like God. I should have the ability to wipe out anybody that I don't like. And their first question to her, do you believe in God? And her response was yes. After which she was shot and killed. They did it a couple more times before they ended their own lives. And I remember thinking, am I willing to do that? If that came, it was happened in my school, if that happened to me or my friends, would I be willing to say yes? Or would I reject God? I started looking up what, what happened to that because they actually sent us out like a box that said, we're going to do these things in our community. We're going to be nice to somebody. We're going to go pay for somebody's lunch. We're going to, you know, and it was just one thing after it. So on Monday, you went and you, you prayed for somebody. On Tuesday, you shared a Bible verse. On Wednesday, you bought somebody's lunch. On Thursday, you sat with somebody who didn't have a friend at lunch. With things like that. It wasn't anything world-changing. It wasn't anything crazy. It was just try to do something small for somebody else. And I found out that this organization that was started because, there was an organization that was started because of her sacrifice. It was run by her parents. And now they have uh, one and a half million kids that go through their program every year. They have um, reports of 150 kids who, after going through this program, say, you know what, I decided not to kill myself. Think about that. That's every year since this happened, since 1999. You've got, they said they've seen at least 12 different people say that after going through this program that they were going to try to shoot up their school, but they didn't. One girl's sacrifice inspired thousands and thousands of people to follow after God. Inspired thousands of people to do things like I did, where we were just praying in the schools. We weren't doing anything crazy. We weren't doing anything out of the ordinary. It was just enough to say, you know what, we're going to try to make a little bit of a difference. Because her sacrifice, what she was willing to say in that moment where she didn't deny God, but she was willing to stand up, inspired thousands and thousands and thousands and has impacted millions of people's lives. And they've said that also whenever these things, they put this um, program out, they see the statistics on people who are bullying. They see the statistics on people who are, you know, just the violence in the schools in general. They see all of that go down because of this one girl's kindness and her love of God. That was actually, it was a, a paper that she wrote and they actually took all of her things that she put in there and started making a program out of them and trying to get other people to adopt those values that she said she was adopting. 
Luke 21, 12 says that before all of this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated for all by all for my name's sake, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. This was Jesus' words to his disciples. It's going to cost you something. It may cost you everything. It may cost you your family. It may cost you your friends. It may cost your very life. But by doing so, by enduring those things, you will gain your life. And millions of people, thousands of people around you, you, they will gain their lives. When you start looking at somebody like the centurions who are standing at the cross at the feet of Jesus as he's crucified, and after all of the things that are going on, as Jesus is being crucified on that cross, you see them go, you know what? This man really was the Son of God. That sacrifice that Jesus made was what convinced them that Jesus was who he said he was. Right before the story of the man who's going to build a tower, we see Jesus give us very specifically that there's going to be a price to what we do. There's going to be a price to the faith that we have. In Luke 14, 26, it says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's a cost. Do you value those things above what God is calling you to do? Do you value those things over what you know you should be doing? That's a hard price to pay. I don't know if I'm willing to pay it sometimes. I don't know if I'm willing to pay that price. So I love my kids. I love my parents. I love my life, but am I willing to lay it all down? Am I willing to give of myself to the point where there's nothing left? Because you see, God... He's called us to that. He said, if you want to be my disciple, this is the price. If you want to change the world, if you want to bring my kingdom about, that is the price. To, be, to die to yourself, to be placed in that ground so that we can bring about new life. I know it's not easy to hear and it's not something that exactly a fun hip hip hooray message. <laughs> but it's something we have to account for, doesn't it? 
It's something we have to think about. And if God has called us to this, and if we want to be faithful, we have to be willing to pay that price. And something that I used to tell to the kids all the time in youth, what are you going to do when that moment comes? What are you going to do when someone asks you to deny your God? What are they going to do? What are you going to do when someone says, hey, I just need you to do this little favor where, yeah, it may be a little illegal, but it's okay. Nobody will know. When you get that money back from the cash register that, you know, it's like, oh, hey, I gave you 20 and you gave me 25 back. What are you going to do? You've got to make your mind up ahead of time. You've got to decide, am I going to pay that price? Am I willing to do it? Have I given up myself and have I decided to pay that price? Have I taken the time to count that cost? And so... Just want us to take the time, take it just a couple minutes and just say, you know what, have I decided to take that price, pay that price? Have I decided to give of myself? And as you're going through your week this week, think about it. When you see something going wrong, have you decided that you're not going to participate in it? When you see something going on where you say, you know what, that's not right, what are you going to do about it? Are you willing to pay that price? We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. Also, if you would like to partner with us, you can go to thewaylithy.org forward slash donate. See you next week, and may God bless you and your family.